Welcome to Ebtide Wellness, where you learn mindfulness-based techniques to help you meet the flow of your life. Here, we authentically explore what is going on within us to best meet what is happening around us. There's no stopping life, but we can meet it no matter what the tide. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Rupp, inviting you to be Ebtide Well. Hello, welcome to Ebtide Wellness, the podcast. I'm Dr. Heather Rupp, your host. And today we're going to talk about how we manage and work with challenging emotions. I'm going to start out with a quote from Vincent Van Gogh. He said, let's not forget that the little emotions are the great captains of our lives and we obey them without realizing it. So he is shining the light on the truth that we've got these emotional experiences and weather patterns within us. And whether we acknowledge it or not, the emotional flavor of our moments are shaping our experience unconsciously. So we might think we are driving this ship, but the little emotions or the big emotions within us are likely the biggest influences on our behavior. So think about how you act when you're happy and calm versus when you're angry or sad. I mean, for me, I know that if I'm sad or just tired, the world seems totally different to me and I'll make completely different decisions and say completely different things than I would on a day that I was feeling really happy and good. I try, honestly, not to make plans or decisions when I'm feeling really good or really bad, because either way, (laughs) these emotions will be influencing me to um, act and engage in a way that I might not meet later once those emotions are gone. Emotions are powerful actors in the creation and maintenance of our behavior. And again, most of us just aren't conscious of this, so they're kind of running around doing their thing without any uh, boundaries. And so you might like to think that it's your conscious, rational mind that's creating your behavior, but neuroscience and psychology has shown that behavior does not go top down. By top down, I mean cognitive, prefrontal, you know, planning, judgment aspects of our brain downward to the more primitive, emotional, reward-based, risk-adverse parts of our brain and the limbic system. But no. In fact, we know that emotions are registered in the peripheral physiology in the nervous system. And then these are detected as emotions in the brain. And then the cognitive part of our brain tries to just justify, make stories, fix, solve, deny, or whatever it wants to do with the emotions. So the emotions are the root of our behavior. The thinking mind is just a very good storyteller trying to make sense of this behavior that's going on. And it may have all started when we got a pit in our stomach in response to something we didn't even notice. So this is where mindfulness comes in because mindfulness simply is noticing. And when we notice things like our body, our physiological sensations, our emotional experiences that we're part of the process and we get the chance to engage and participate 
in choosing the behavior that is produced rather than just reacting to it as a afterthought. The afterthought might be just a couple of milliseconds, but it's still picking up the pieces, picking up the trash of the party that the emotions left behind as it created the behavior. But when we're actually in the moment living through the process of external stimuli, causing peripheral physiological response, leading to central nervous system activation, emotional categorization as something I want to approach or avoid, all the way to the higher order brain saying, oh, that's because I like the color green and it looks good on me. And when I look good, my partner takes me to dinner or something. That was a terribly strange example, but <laughs> the, the cognitive mind doesn't always make good stories. So when we're not participating by noticing how emotions are showing up for us, then we are definitely not the captains of our ship. We're not even the co-captains. But when we begin to engage mindfully in noticing our emotions and becoming part of the team deciding which behaviors we engage in, then we have the chance to be in good relationship to emotions and all experiences and not to deny them or suppress them or resent them or ignore them, but to be friends. And so when we talk about emotional management, most people don't think, oh, that means making friends of your difficult emotions, unless you're a mindfulness practitioner. There's a big, very common approach to emotions, which is emotional regulation. And while there are certainly benefits of emotion regulation done well, when it's done poorly, emotional regulation, which is just trying to control your emotional responses, can really just lead to suppression. And so I mentioned behavior does not come from a top-down experience. Cognition is not first. Thinking happens later. So if we are using our thinking minds to shut down emotions and bodily physiological experiences that have already happened and started as an emotional response, then the thinking mind is already behind the game here. It's playing catch up and it's trying to suppress something that's already started. So it's like trying to close the door um, on like a tidal wave, damming up a flow, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort to close a door on something that's already flowing through. That's what the thinking mind is trying to do to emotions that are already happening. The other thing that we can often do with good intention is reappraisal. So if you're having a negative response, you might say, well, how can I see the positive on this? And again, that's very well intentioned. And if we do it mindfully by noticing the positive that is also in the situation, then it's an incredibly helpful tool to help us hold space for not just the negative, which is easier to see, but also the positive emotions that are also there as well. But that's not usually the way it's done. Often people, when they do reappraisal poorly, they're just not allowing themselves to feel negative about anything. It's toxic optimism. So it's like Pollyanna 
gone on steroids, I won't feel this. I can't feel negative. I can't feel bad. I will only feel the good. And this could be a lot of spiritual bypassing you see in people who are like um, saying, focus on the positive. Well, yeah, you can focus on the positive. We encourage that to, to really attend to the positive that's already there. It doesn't mean you suppress or deny the negative, though. That's a crucial distinction. You have to hold it all. Focusing on the positive, holding space for the positive, cultivating the positive, yes. That does not mean denying the negative. Again, that's like trying to close the door on a flow that's already going. Maybe we can think of reappraisal of also seeing the positive as opening up more doors. So there's more things coming through. So we do not want to just shut down emotions that are already happening, coming through. The, the, the trajectory has begun. So just like life, we can either get on board with the flow and get involved, or we can get out of the way. And if we try to suppress and shut down, it's just going to erupt later. So like anything, a volcano, steam, anything that gets shut down, capped off when it's got a powerful energy towards going forward, we know what happens. It explodes. So think of a time if you've had some emotions that were difficult and you didn't know how to handle them. Think of that time where you didn't want to for whatever reason. So you just shut it down. Or some people do this their entire lives and then they just break. But if you're trying to like, um, you're trying to like hold down to hold back tears all day because it's just not appropriate in your office or something. Well, then what do you do when you get home? You have a huge release, which is great. But sometimes we don't have the choice of when the release happens. If we've been suppressing for a while, it's much better to have a relationship in which emotions are just being mindfully released proactively so they don't explode. So for many of this, many of us, it's hard. We're like, no, I'm going to choose the shutdown <laughs> approach to challenging emotions. It's hard. We don't like the way they feel in our bodies. These emotions can feel like they make us sick sometimes. Sadness hurts, grief hurts, loneliness hurts, anger is uncomfortable. But just because we're not feeling it doesn't mean our bodies aren't experiencing this. And if we don't allow ourselves to feel it, our bodies are going to get sick. Sometimes we don't want to allow our emotions because they scare us and their implications in the stories that we make about them. We get worried because we take them too seriously. We think that maybe just because we're sad, something's wrong. I got to tell you, being sad is fine. Be sad for a week. You're fine. Be happy. Be everything. Hold everything. Allow everything. Don't take it so personally. It's just like the weather. You didn't make it rain yesterday. You certainly didn't cause the sun to come out. Same approach to the weather patterns that are the emotions that come through us. We take them so seriously. Like, why can't I be happy? We've been told that we're supposed to make ourselves happy. So if we're not happy, we feel something is wrong and we've done something wrong. No wonder we don't want to feel bad emotions. It feels like failure. 
That's not true, though. Emotions come from things like low blood sugar, lack of sleep, having heard something negative on the news, a uh, gray sky. It's not about you. So don't take these emotions so seriously. That just makes our emotions become something that we do then get stuck in anxiety, chronic depression, because we get worried. We get upset about ourselves. We get into worthlessness, hopelessness that our minds perpetuate. That wasn't the emotions trying to do that. We made that happen, how we responded to the emotion. Sometimes we suppress the emotions because we just don't like the way we act. Like when we're angry, we might behave in a way we regret. If we're sad, I know again, like I mentioned, I'll be like saying no to every invitation and then I'm happy. I'm like, wait, I want to go out. <laughs> so what we see if we don't know how to handle our emotions and befriend our emotions is that they can be overwhelming and unpredictable and we get judgment about them and we tell stories about them. And our natural tendency then is to try to either make them go away by shutting them down or to fix them, to make sense of them, to problem solve and make them change. So when I have a very busy mind, I'm stuck on something, I'm chewing on something, the thoughts aren't where my interest and attention goes. I go to, okay, what emotions are beneath these thoughts that are really the root? Because a sticky mind shows some sort of unmet emotional experience that you need to sit with. So I get it. Emotions can be overwhelming. They can be scary. And frankly, we're not always taught how to work with them. It's like a, like a cat person who then all of a sudden gets a dog. Like they don't know what to do. That's what I would be like if I got a cat. <laughs> but the good news is we're here to develop a relationship with our emotions and there's ways to do this. But before we get to that, I just want to take a quick inquiry. I want you to sit for a moment and reflect for yourself. What do you do when you experience difficult emotions? Do you fix? Do you repress? Storytell? Justify? Judge? Okay, and that's not to say you're bad or wrong. It's to say this is where you're coming from now. This is the baseline of your relationship. And now we're going to find a new relationship. And so in mindfulness, we follow the middle path. The idea is that we learn to allow our emotions to be there. We're not scared. We're friends. It's all good. They don't mean much except for some messages that can help me. We allow them to be there, but we don't get lost in them. And our actions are not dictated by them. We hold space to see the emotions, to feel the emotions, and to have the wisdom to neither act or suppress. So we allow anger, but we also allow the space to go inward to say what's beneath the anger, where I can respond in my own healing versus overact if I was just to listen to the anger and not go inward and take space. So with mindfulness, we feel the emotion. 
we relate to it with an interest and a curiosity of, oh, interesting. What's happening now? We're not analyzing. We're not fixing. We certainly don't need to change it. We know change will happen. We just watch them come and go. Ram Dass says emotions are like waves. Watch them disappear in the distance on the vast, calm ocean. So when you're sad, no sadness will change. When you're happy, no happiness will change. In the moment of experience of any emotion, we just get to say, yippee, I'm in the experience of this ever-changing emotional spectrum. And right now it is X, Y, Z. What does this feel like? What does this inform me about how I'm relating to my life, to the moment? Where does this offer me opportunities to listen more deeply inside to see, you know, what the message is, is here? So although we don't take the emotions too seriously, we also do listen. They're signaling something to us that our body has responded to from discomfort or vulnerability or insecurity. They're signaling to us something our um our emotional system is saying, hey, something's not right here. Within us, there's a hurt, there's a healing, there's a there's a fear, there's something here that we can tend to help us grow. So emotions are an opportunity to heal. It's like the storm that comes through. It's thunder, it's rain, it doesn't feel great. But then it clears. And after the air is crisper, the plants are more upright. Things are better having had the storm. We can think of difficult emotions that way. But would you try to stop the storm? No, you realize it has to go through. So in meditation, we get the chance to practice this, to sit with ourselves, observe our tendencies, notice where we go with difficult emotions. And then when we're in life, we notice the same. Do you shut down? Do you fight it? I'm not sad, I'm fine. I'm definitely one of those people when I'm upset. How are you doing? I'm fine. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, don't just blurt out your, your business to anyone, you know, in the grocery store either, but find the space to allow what you're feeling and hold your center to know the best response action set that will serve you in working with the emotions. They are there to be with you. They are your friends. They are showing up to say, Here's what you are really experiencing in response to your life as it is now or was, and you've conditioned it. And here's a chance to change. Listen to it. Honor it. So Thich Nhat Hanh says, feelings, whether of compassion or irritation, should be welcomed, recognized, and treated on an absolutely equal basis. Because both are ourselves. Nothing should be treated more carefully than anything else. So every experience we have, whether we classify it as positive or negative, is us in that moment. And if we don't acknowledge our emotions, we're not acknowledging our full experiences, and then we're not acknowledging ourselves. And we don't acknowledge ourselves, we're completely 
messed up. <laughs> we don't hold space for all of ourselves. Then we get sick, then we are scared, then we're sad, then we're reactive. We hold space for ourselves just as we are, including whatever emotions may or may not be there. So as I said, I understand this can be scary and overwhelming, these emotions. Like if you open up the dam, like the water dam, if you open it up, there's a fear, especially if you've been holding these emotions back for so long that they're just going to drown you and overwhelm you. And that's true to a degree. You know, in mindfulness, there's an awareness. You don't rip off the Band-Aid of more than you can handle. But if you're doing so mindfully, you just open up to the layer that's okay for you right now. We're not trying to dig. We're trying to open up to what's there and ready for us. So remember that when you're doing emotional work, you're not trying to make something happen or create an experience. You're just trying to say, here's space for whatever is ready to be met that has something for me to feel. And if we practice meditation, we have the capacity to hold our anchor in our breath, to have the seat of the observer, so we can observe the emotions, just like we do thoughts. We observe how we respond to these emotions, particularly when they're difficult. And we can hold space in our hearts for the difficulty that comes with being vulnerable in this way to difficult emotions. And there is sort of a framework. So this is helpful if you are like, I don't even know where to begin. I want to, you know, have a friendship with my emotions, but where do I begin? There's a framework called RAIN. It's an acronym. It's been made very popular by Tara Brock. You can Google her. She's got great websites, YouTube with great meditations and books. But it's an acronym that basically structures how we can approach our relationship to emotions, whether we're working in meditation or in life. And so the R stands for recognize, simply saying, well, what is it I'm feeling? And this is actually harder than it sounds. Usually we're so lost in the chatter of our mind, in the justification, in the story, when someone did something that's happening, it should be different. You know, we're all in our minds trying to figure something out that's not figure out a bull because there's a feeling there. We're caught up in this thinking because there's a feeling beneath that needs to be met. So you ask yourself not, you know, what is my story? What's the justification? You say, but what am I feeling? And label it. Is it fear? Is it shame? Is it anger? And don't worry about it if you're right or wrong. It's, it's your experience. But label, recognize, say, this is the feeling that's present right now. That's pretty powerful, even on its own. Like, I sometimes can feel like if I'm just not feeling at ease or something's wrong or I'm cranky, if I just kind of take a breath and ask myself what I'm feeling and name it, then it takes away so much of the resistance, just saying, well, oh, I'm, I'm feeling jealousy right now or shame. And then it's like, oh, okay. And then I can hold myself in support for that rather than just feeling unconsciously odd. <laughs> And then we can go deeper. If we recognize what's happening, we can say, okay, like, I see you. Let's do this. 
most of the time we would say, oh no, I feel angry. I'm just going to turn that away because anger is not what nice people do or whatever your story is about emotions. Instead, whatever it is, welcome it all. What you consider the ugly, what you consider the beautiful, welcome them equally, hold space and just say, I see you. Like, What is it like? Feel on the body. The body has so many languages in which it shows you what a feeling and emotion are. So get into the body. And once the body knows you're listening, it'll stop sending you the message. So if you're sick to your stomach about something, listen to the stomach. And when you hold space and listen, the stomach will stop feeling that way because you're listening. Tense shoulders, hot belly, short of breath. What does it feel like to feel this way? Stay open. Don't turn away. Don't get into story. The eyes investigate, not like an analysis or a detective novel, but in a softening, a deeper level. Like what's the next layer of the onion here? And we let the emotion continue to soften and unfold. So something like anger might turn to hurt. Something like jealousy might turn to shame. You know, so you can really see how this emotion or this feeling has more complexity to it than the story the mind would tell. There's something deeper within you that's gotten activated and the body was responding in a way because something really much more complex within you was was activated. So we really soften in, not to tell stories, but just to open and say, oh, okay, I didn't feel safe. Or that's interesting. I see there that I just felt rejected or criticized. Okay. Really let the emotion unfold and see what's really there. And importantly, from a mindfulness perspective, the investigation is to offer space to notice what your needs are. Emotions are often present because something's not being met for us. Like a baby who's crying, there's an unmet need. And we don't just let ourselves generally cry when we have hunger or fatigue, <laughs> but we do let ourselves have crankiness or shortness or mm, hopelessness. Your needs aren't being met. Let yourself soften into what that might be. And the end can then be nurture. Coming deep into our emotional experiences usually opens up a little something vulnerable, raw. So be nice to yourself, nurture that. That's really why we do this work because once we get to that part of what's, what's the place where I can take care of myself, where I can say it's okay, where I can give myself a safe container to be felt and allowed because that safe container then allows it to be released. You don't hold things that you see you hold things that you suppress. The end of the rain can also be not identified as we know that we are not our emotions. You might feel a certain way, but you are not your anxiety. You're experiencing anxiety. It's not you. And we can notice our attachment if we identify with these emotions. Their weather patterns, let them come through. There's something deeper beneath them that actually is you. 
So that's the framework. I hope that can be helpful as a starting point for not just feeling overwhelmed. So the next time you're feeling maybe a busy mind, sticky mind, or discomfort in body, really feeling anything at all, just stop and ask yourself, what am I feeling? Recognize what's going on for you. If you have the room at that time, then allow yourself to really open to it, not to shut down. And then really be curious, okay, what's happening beneath all of this? Is there a need here that I can meet? Can I be kind to myself? Can I see a pattern that needs to change? And then just offer yourself all the compassion and love that that wound or that rawness vulnerability might need and deserves. So we're going to do a short meditation now to go through this. Coming to some place that you feel safe. Allowing yourself to find the posture that's appropriate. Feet on the floor. If you're sitting in a chair, arms relaxed, upright through the sternum, top of head. Softening that outer body layer. Relaxing the skin and the shoulders, belly toes. Close the eyes or just lower the gaze. Turn the direction of attention inward. Allow yourself to feel the chest open as you inhale. Allow the chest to feel the flow as you exhale. You're not controlling the breath. You're softening into the breath allowing it to take you beneath the thinking mind. As you soften into the breath, coming deeper into body, you're developing a center strength beneath the weather patterns of emotions, a safe space you can come no matter what you feel. Simply by softening into breath, coming home. As you develop a center of strength, then the body can relax, allowing the shoulders to release, the legs, the face. We don't need armor and defense when we have strength within. So as you're resting here, I invite you from center to bring to mind an experience, a situation, something that's kind of sticky for you. Maybe it's unresolved, or you're thinking about it a lot, or you have an emotion. Rather than getting into further story about this, asking yourself instead to recognize what is the feeling regarding the situation? What is the feeling beneath the thoughts, the feeling of what is going on for you right now? What is the feeling? Name it. Pulling out of justification and story, out of the chatter, just see it. And then allow this feeling to have some space. Say welcome. 
as you hold center and breath, allow yourself to embody the feeling. Maybe there's a place in your body you hold this emotion. Maybe you can feel a general flavor of body heaviness or tension, heat or cold. Allow yourself to know how this feeling is showing up for you in your body right now. Every time a story comes up or the mind takes over, simply come back to the experience right now of that feeling. We can allow it to tell us even more by softening layer by layer. Really letting this emotion unfold, saying, tell me more, not story but experience. You might notice the thoughts that get generated, not getting lost in them, but witnessing. Maybe it brings you back to another time in your life you felt this way. Observing what happens when this feeling has time and space to unfold and open layer by layer. As you're holding space for this feeling as experience now, perhaps you can feel that it is your friend. It's something that's here for you, not you, but here to support you with information. You might ask yourself, what is this emotion? What are you trying to tell me? Listening with the heart, not telling stories of mind, but to the emotion, why are you here? Is there something I need? Breathing into the heart, letting the heart be part of this conversation. Holding yourself in complete compassion. Non-judgment to receive the request from within, from a place of love, how you can help yourself.
sensing if this feels vulnerable for you and nurture nurture the strength took to soften beneath where we usually look into the closets into the darkness and feel your own self-love light fill that space honoring wherever you landed as the right place to be saying something nice to yourself promising to take care of yourself in whatever way you now realize could help you saying to yourself in whatever way you need it that it is okay we are okay I love you. Anchored in the breath, opening to be a safe container to feel what needs to be felt. And it will naturally then change, evolve, and be released like a storm that blows through. There's something revealed, crisper out the other end. Hold space now for this after the rain, where you can see more clearly where things just feel different, having felt the storm. Release the context or situation you may have brought forth that prompted this feeling. Come back to the breath fully, the room around you. This present moment of sounds and sensations. Allow yourself just to be. Nothing to analyze or fix, just knowing that you've given yourself space to let experience move through. I'll close with a reading by Rumi called The Guest House. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Thank you for joining me this week. I will see you next time. In the meantime, be uptide well. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please support this podcast by clicking the like and subscribe buttons. And why not share it with someone else who might connect with it? I'll see you next time. In the meantime, be uptide well.